Welcome to the Vox Pop, a podcast of Missio Day Church in Asheville, North Carolina. We believe that everyone has a story worth telling, and this podcast exists to give voice to those stories. Well, our guest today is going to be Jack Womack, who, if you're unfamiliar, uh, often does announcements in the church, and uh, he's a middle schooler. He's in seventh grade. And so uh, he's a rising eighth grader. That's true. A rising, sorry, he's a rising eighth grader. Very important. Um, it, it makes me think about middle school. I don't know how middle school was for you, Peter. What mm-hmm. was your experience like in general in middle school? Well, I didn't love it. Uh, that is not uncommon. I no, don't I don't. Think. I don't actually know anyone who was like <laughs> middle school was my favorite time oh, ever. Dude, I loved yeah, middle school. Wish I could go back to middle school. Uh, it was awkward, but there are some good memories as well. I was friends with uh, some guys that lived east of town in a little community called Timnith and they would ride dirt bikes around on canal paths. And we, one thing we would do is we'd go kneeboarding in the irrigation ditch behind a golf cart, <laughs> <laughs> which was really awesome. And I could tell so many stories about hanging out with those guys, but just one more, uh, we, they raced motorcycles and they had to get rid of some gas that went bad. So we filled a big pit with, with race fuel. Like you do. Like one does. And we lit it on fire, and the neighbor called because they thought a plane had crashed. (laughs) (laughs) Like a mushroom cloud. Right. Did a plane crash in your yard? Like, (laughs) Wow. Was this Wyoming or Colorado? Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. Goodness. Northern Colorado, though. Yeah. Good grief. What about you? Man, I'm trying to think. Uh, Middle school in general, as with most people was difficult. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got, you know, your emotions all over the place, your hormones are all over the place, your body's changing, you know, all the things that everybody deals with. I'm trying to remember. Oh, here's one. So when I was in seventh grade, I think it was, uh, we had the blizzard of 93 oh, uh, the here. blizzard of 93. Yeah. I mean, if, if you know, you know, yeah. all right. And you know how much snow we usually get around uh-huh. here. Well, we lived in a house in East Asheville up kind of on the top of a mountain and we had over four feet of snow. Oh my goodness. And yeah, I wanted to go hang out with my buddy and spend the night at his house. Yeah. And my parents would not let me because they said it was going to snow. And then we watched a movie together and I opened the sliding glass door at like 1130 at night. And it was already a foot and a half of snow on the ground. Wow. I mean, it came quick. Yeah. Uh, we were stuck up there for like two weeks. And Whoa. yeah, that's crazy. But I didn't have any friends. It didn't, there was nobody else on that mountain but us yeah. and like families with no kids. So we had to make our own fun. But yeah, yeah that's, I mean, that's not a school experience. It's just a time of the year totally experience. Though. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's another that one. That was a shocking amount of snow for this area. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it was nuts and it, yeah. it actually snowed all the way down to like past Atlanta. Whoa. Feet of snow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Today we are joined by the wonderful Jack Womack. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. It's a true honor. How have you been handling the last 12 weeks? Well, it's been pretty crazy just for the world to kind of stop, just take a pause. And I think it's it's been definitely very good just to have some t- extra time at home and have time to be outside and to just, you know, spend some more time with my family and my sister and not having as much schoolwork to do. Mm-hmm. Now, Jack, you bring up a good point there because my kids hated online schooling. I'm wondering how you made that transition from 
physical schooling to virtual and what that was like for you? Well, online school, I think it's like the best thing that anybody ever made. Now, it's definitely <laughs> not <laughs> it's definitely not what I would prefer. I would prefer definitely to be with friends for the social aspect, mm. but purely for learning and not socially, I love online school because you can for the most part go at your own pace. Right. And you can get stuff done how you want to do it and kind of when you want to do it as well. That's great. Would you say that you spent more or less time learning? Less, less. a lot less. Some days it was like I started at 8 and was done at 10, 1030. It was pretty crazy. <laughs> I like that. Just keep that throttle twisted and get it done early. Yeah. Yes, sir. Now, Excellent. was your school, was it, was it pretty much kind of already set up to do online or was there a lot of, were there a lot of shifts that needed to be made for you to make that transition? Well, so our school was canceled on a Saturday was when the North Carolina governor, Roy Cooper, mm -hmm. said that no schools can, no public schools can meet. Uh, since I do go to a private school, Asheville Christian Academy, we had knew that it was canceled on a Friday around noontime, and our spring break was in two weeks, oh, so yeah. they decided to make the next week just an extended spring break, and then on Thursday and Friday, they would do what they called a test run, okay. if that makes sense. Yeah. Was it all on Google Classroom? No, it was on Microsoft Teams. Microsoft Teams. <laughs> which, oh, a competitor. Hey, it was very interesting. I, th I liked it. I thought it was well done, and they worked very hard, and the teachers deserve a lot of praise and appreciation for just this huge switch they had to make. That's very sweet. Yeah. For those that don't know you, can you describe a little bit of your demographic information? What grade are you in? What's your family like? How many siblings do you have? That kind of thing. Well, it's June 3rd and school is canceled. So I would say I'm, since it's summer, I'm a rising eighth grader. Okay. And I'm 13 and I live in a wonderful family, have an amazing sister for the most part. She puts me over the edge sometimes, but she's amazing. <laughs> she's the best sister in the world. And then I have the amazingest parents in the world, if amazingest is a word. It mm -hmm. isn't, but we'll let it slide. Hey. You're out of school. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about when Jesus became part of your story? I've heard Pastor Brian refer to this in his sermons a little bit. I would say it was definitely a gradual light switch for me, if that makes sense, going from dark to light. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it was, I've been so blessed to be in a Christian home with parents who love the Lord so deeply and so just being brought up in that amazing and having such deep faith roots, definitely. So that's kind of when Jesus became part of my story. I mm -hmm. love it. How would you describe your walk with the Lord right now? I would say there are a lot of ups and downs, definitely. Yeah. Just, just being a teenager. And I would say, you know, I really feel like something I struggle with is having consistency mm. and being consistent and having a time set out to be with the Lord and to pray and read my Bible. And I, f I feel like there are a lot of ups and downs. This is off script, but what would you say the hardest part about being a rising eighth grader is? Well, it's definitely, it's hard going from Sixth grade being at the bottom of the heap, 
as mm-hmm. it were, for um, middle school. And then seventh grade, kind of a transition phase that goes by so quickly. And now you're everybody looks up to you, you know, because you're at the top. You're in eighth grade. And then having that transition of going to eighth grade to ninth grade, mm-hmm. even kind of yeah. trickier. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a big one. So, Jack, during this quarantine time, you started your own podcast called The Big Kids Show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, sir. So, The Big Kids Show is a five-minute news program, um, and we try to put one out each week, so once a week. Um, I think we started right as coronavirus was beginning to hit. But the whole idea is that it's a news program that provides appropriate age-level news, and it's targeted between four to eight or nine-year-olds. Appropriate age-level news that's hosted by kids, targeted for kids, but with that filter that makes it appropriate. Mm -hmm. Was this something that you were thinking about doing before corona hit, or was this kind of a response to? Okay, well, my grandma lives in Florida Mm -hmm. and I love FaceTiming her. And so she thought the idea, she's like, you're so outgoing. Why don't you do a YouTube video series? Ah. And then I saw a couple of ads related to podcasting. And so I figured, you know, why not give that a shot? Because I feel like I feel more comfortable with my voice than I do with you know, being seen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm fine with that either. And that kind of leads into my theater experiences too. Mm. Um, Having that experience definitely helped. People tell me I have a face for radio, so I understand. Um, Right. I need that little drum. (laughs) Well, so I'm I'm curious, as you've been hosting this podcast, uh, that a lot of the news has been pretty serious. What's it been like for you to not only experience, you know, the world news as a 13-year-old, but also try to communicate that news to other kids. Um, Just talk a little bit about that. Yes, sir. So that's a phenomenal question. Thank you. Definitely. I try and stick to one news source, one or two. And a lot of the news sources out there, ones from both sides, tend to get very political. And they have lots of very you know, kind of sad news. And so we tried to do a story. We started doing it each weekday for the first few weeks, and now we're switching to each week. Okay. But we tried to do a story or two each week that was not related to the coronavirus. And even stories we did do that were related to the coronavirus, we tried for it to be good news. And so the layout of our podcast, basically we have a lightning round. We point out two or three just quick facts of things that have happened. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, maybe the North Carolina governor said it's okay to have the Coca-Cola 600, which is a NASCAR race. We say that super quickly. We have two to three, and then we have a main topic. We Mm -hmm. try for the main topic to be lighthearted almost, but still news. And then we bring in other kids who listen to the Big Kids show to interview. That's a great answer. Thank you. Yeah, that's terrific. How did you get into theater? Well, in second grade, I was at the time going to North Buncombe uh, Elementary because we live in Weaverville. Mm-hmm. And they were doing the Nutcracker. And it was, I think it was like a musical production. And so music, the music teacher was selecting. And each class w- played a certain ensemble part. Oh, yeah. But I was chosen actually to be Fritz in the Nutcracker. Okay. which And so I had done a few things that were... I just feel like I had kind of seemed to be a little 
outgoing, which is kind of myself. Um, so <laughs> eventually in fourth grade at ACA, they were casting a part for the high school musical as Michael and Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. Mary Poppins is my favorite. I know you're young, but I'm curious what you think you might want to do with your life. You know, what are the interests that you think you might want to pursue as you get older in terms of, I don't know, vocation, you know, where do you think God might be calling you? That's another really great question. Um, I definitely, I would like to, when I go to college, I would like to get a major probably in pre-law and then a minor in journalism. Um, I would love to be attorney or lawyer and eventually maybe have the goal of being a judge Uh or also a journalist because I love to write and communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would love degrees in those skills. What motivates your desire to go into the justice fields? What would motivate me to do that? Definitely because I feel like I'm fascinated with facts mm-hmm. and not mathematical facts, um, <laughs> but Sorry, just Peter. facts Oof. and maybe just history. And it's definitely interesting how the justice system works and uh, just how intricate it is, mm. and just exploring that intricacy that's not a word, of just the justice system. Just, mm-hmm. it's fascinating. Jack, what are your hobbies? When are you most relaxed? Well, where I'm most relaxed is definitely in Madison County mm-hmm. uh, at the Ivy River, kayaking down it, which is phenomenal. But my hobbies, I enjoy playing music. I play the violin and the mandolin and i used to play the oboe which is the worst instrument um why do you say that it's common knowledge just whoever's (laughs) listening to this don't play the oboe i also enjoy training donkeys really yes it's quite interesting what do you train them to do well to follow you around really and then you just give them treats (laughs) and you, I'm working on maybe haltering them and then eventually taking them on ha- hikes. This is a fun fact. In Colorado, they have the uh, Burrow Racing World Championship. Yeah. Um, so you can run a marathon I with know about a that. donkey. That that would almost be my ultimate goal if it was a bit shorter than a marathon. Um, you could do there's that. There's got to be a donkey half marathon somewhere. Yeah. But I can connect you with a, a friend of mine who lives in Brevard. She has a racing donkey. And oh, well, she's a good runner. Yeah. Hey, I would love to do that. I was yeah. on cr- the cross country team. Oh, you were? Yeah. Oh, I love cross country. Yeah. Wow. I ran cross country as well. What do you love about cross country? Definitely the feeling once you're done. <laughs> yeah. And just the endurance that you build up, the mm. stamina you build up. I don't, I'm not the biggest fan of the moments in between when you're pushing hard towards the finish line, but those are the moments that get you to the finish line. That's true. Yeah. What length of race do middle schoolers race? Two mile. Two mile. Excellent. It's not nothing. It's not nothing. That's, it's a hard one. It's almost harder because when the race is shorter, it's more intense. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm not like the faster runner. I was like the tortoise on my team, (laughs) but so it'll definitely be interesting in high school when you do start running longer distances instead Mm -hmm. of just people, you know, just sprinting the whole thing because they have so much adrenaline. Yeah. Maybe pursuing running longer distances and working up to, you know, three miles, four miles. Yeah. Yeah. What does running teach you about yourself? 
Oh, that's that's a question I feel like is a lot, ask a lot when you're talking about cross country, and mm-hmm. it's a good question. Um, definitely uh, perseverance and endurance, and what you think you can do versus what you actually can do. How ninety percent of it's in the mind, mm. and it's it's like mind games. It's pretty crazy yeah. because you can you can do it. And there's a book I read about a tribe mm-hmm. in the uh, in South Mexico, I yeah. think, that are runners, and it's crazy. Mm. A lot of our congregation will know you from your terrific ability to give announcements. Can you talk about how you got into that and maybe your feud with Alex? Okay, so first of all... <laughs> the feud. <laughs> yeah, the feud. Um, that's exactly what it is. First of all, you know, I like to exploit what people call the cute kid factor. Yeah. You know, okay, so if I'm going up there and giving announcements, you know, I'm I'm probably sure y'all haven't had Alex on the podcast yet, so I we could exploit not. that. You could. You know, so... Now you're going to hey, give away all your I'm, secrets, I'm not going to brag about anything. When I go up on the stage, you see me doing announcements. Yeah. You see him doing announcements. He just tries to throw out candy to <laughs> do it, but hey... That's fighting words, Alex. Yeah, both effective techniques. That's right. So, Jack, you know, you're only 13, but as you reflect on your young life, I'm curious what have been some of the most transformational experiences that you have had so far? Yes, yeah. When I was preparing for this, um, thinking back on that, there were two moments that I really thought of, and one of them is... It was from about the my fifth grade year, the end of my fifth grade year, to the beginning of my sixth grade year. And that was having pancreatitis. Mm. And that was pretty crazy because not a lot of people, you know, do get pancreatitis. And it was, it's so painful because if you, you don't know what it is, it's your stomach and not being able to process fat very well. And... Definitely, whenever I look back at moments that have been transformational, you think, why are they transformational? And definitely because, in my opinion, you can see God's grace abundantly in a lot of places. And so, as, as I was preparing for this, I listed a few of God's graces that I have seen. And one of those that has to do with having pancreatitis is being able to overcome pancreatitis. Mm. And a lot of having that, I feel like was it was because of stress and anxiety that was caused by other things in my life at the time. And just being able to be at ACA, where I have lots of amazing friends and teachers, was also definitely another, you know, of God's graces that mm-hmm. I saw prevalent at that time. And then an, another moment that I would say was transformational was my dad having brain cancer. And that's whenever you hear about cancer or brain cancer in particular, you think, oh, that's so horrible. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it was, it's been six years now since originally my dad was diagnosed with brain cancer. And, you know, originally some of the grace of God that I saw in that moment was being able, my parents were in Aspen, Colorado. Mm -hmm. 
at the time, so they were away from us. And originally, I was a bit frustrated that they were away when this happened looking back. But now I realize that that was for a reason. It was for a reason that I was so young when that happened, you know, six or seven. And it was also for a reason that I was at my grandparents. And they I originally looked back and was kind of frustrated because I felt like it was explained to me as nothing more than the flu or Mm. in just being sick for a short while. But should I really be frustrated? No, because, (laughs) you know, it's that was something it's okay to not know everything. It's okay to let God handle some of it. And that's why that's part of it. You know, there are parts of my dad that I remember from before and really miss, but there are parts that I'm so glad I got. Mm. Yeah, those wise wise words. Thank uh, you. What would you have told yourself at the time, six years ago, that you know now? Oh, there are lots of things I could have told myself. I would definitely say, you know, it's going to be okay. It's not going to. Now, don't expect this to end immediately Mm -hmm. you know this can be ongoing and that's okay but you know report after report good you know God is faithful Mm. and he's looking out for you and like my favorite hymn is great is thy faithfulness and that still really kind of rings true if that's a good way to say it it is how do you think God uses your specific weaknesses oh that's a hard one um so they can't, I would they can't say all be softballs, Jack. Some, right. some of my weaknesses are definitely organization. Mm-hmm. Like Me too. I'm not organized. <laughs> so when I think about that, I think about my time as chaplain, being chaplain for the middle school student body this year, my seventh grade year. Mm-hmm. And um, there were instances in which I was not the most organized and were things and confrontations that were unnecessary mm. that, you know, really, you know, really left an impact on me in a negative way could have been avoided if I had just been a little bit more organized and communicated just a little bit better. And I'm not talking about communicated like talking. I'm talking about communicated as in, as in an organizational manner. Yeah. How do you think God uses that for his glory or for for your continuing maturity? Um, You can never be too organized. (laughs) Um, My friends used to joke that I should be on hoarders for my locker. (laughs) Are we the same person, just separated (laughs) by... I don't know. 17 years? A love of cross country (laughs) and donkey marathons? Seriously. (laughs) But he doesn't like math, so... Well, I didn't either when I was in oh. middle school. And hey, I mean, I it. am in advanced math. I developed Maybe. that love later. Yeah, things things you hate yeah. can definitely be things you end up That's right. Doing. Well, you know, I was thinking, too, when you talk about that weakness of disorganization, that sometimes it can be an indicator that you need other people, right, who have the mm-hmm. gifts that you don't have, who have strengths in areas where you're weak. And so through delegation or through, as you say, communicating your need— for some of the, the friends or the other leaders that you have around you, you can say, hey, I'm not good at this. I know I'm not good at this, but you are, and can you help me? And that's a humbling thing, right? It's, it's hard for us sometimes to admit that we have weaknesses or that we have needs, but God, I think, gives them to us for that reason of our growth 
uh, in humility and our growth for interdependence, right? Depending on one another. And so uh, that's one way that perhaps he's using that weakness to, to form and shape you. And definitely another example of organization I can think of is my math class. Um, yes, Mr. Hale. And so thinking about, I'm, I was in the advanced math class this past year, and learning to ask for help yeah. because I do not like asking for help. I like solving everything for myself. Yeah. Like when I talked about online school, just having, getting it all done, kind of how I want to do it, Mm -hmm. which can also be a bad thing. And so learning to ask for help definitely helps with a lot of things. That's right. It really does. It's powerful. What are the responsibilities of a middle school chaplain? So the um, middle school chaplain at Asheville Christian Academy, they're responsible for organizing, planning, chapel speakers, and chapel worship, and leading chapel committee meetings with kind of recruiting singers, people who want to play music as well. It was definitely helpful that I was, the other chaplain with me was very musically inclined. And she de- she had a cousin who also was very, very musical. And so he helped with chapel a lot of the uh, time. Yeah, that's super cool. It sounds like from having, you know, nearly 20 years on you, it sounds like you're being prepared in really exciting ways for some kind of leadership. And I don't want that to weigh on you, but just from the outside in, mm-hmm. you're getting all this amazing experience communicating well and learning how to work with other people. And I think it's really cool. I think you'll be amazed. Maybe you'll hear this or you'll look back on, hey, I was in seventh grade and and God was using those experiences some of them that went great and some that didn't go as you expected to craft yeah. you into the kind of person that he needs you to be in, in 30 years or 20 years, which is cool. Yeah. Well, as you think about summer and uh, your upcoming eighth grade year, what are a couple things you're looking forward to? There are a lot of things I'm looking forward to. Definitely being on the top of the heap, being looked up to a little bit. I'm definitely looking forward just to being out at the river this summer just and working on some skills such as weed whacking and being with the donkeys the donkey I train his name is Lil Jack his <laughs> name was Little Donkey but I renamed him <laughs> Lil Jack so which I think is an amazing donkey yeah, name Jackito but, well that's what my cousins call me oh right? really that's my nickname <laughs> my nickname is Jackito and Jack Jack so nice well, we also have something we call the lightning round. We do. Which is some rapid fire questions that you just give your gut response to. So if you're ready, we're going to roll into the, the lightning, lightning round. round. If you could time travel, when would you go? The 1950s. What about the 1950s is appealing to you? It was a time of amazing prosperity in America. The mm-hmm. only thing bad was the McCarthy hearings. Interesting. Where would you be? <laughs> where, as in where in America during yeah. that time? Uh-huh. I would have to go with the Midwest. I'm going with Iowa. Iowa. I've always wanted to be a corn farmer. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> corn tastes amazing. It does. You this can have kid a is full of that. surprises, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Beach, lake, or pool? River. 
River. Oh, fourth that was, option. That, I, I really didn't like that question. <laughs> now we're going to have to edit the Blame question. Hannah. Blame Hannah. Oh. Yeah, that's, I, I thought that was who came up with that question. Sorry, Hannah. You're a shade I throw thrower. people under was, the bus. I don't I know why. First to... Dawn, then Hannah. <laughs> Alex. Alex. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, everybody. You're going to turn the whole church yeah. against you, Peter. Uh, yeah. yeah. What's one thing that can instantly make you feel better? There's nothing better than my mom's homemade biscuits except a Cajun filet biscuit. Bojangles. Mm. Bohanglaze, Bohanglaze, as we like to say. <laughs> yes. It's the best. Is it wrong for a vegan to eat animal crackers? You know, that's a question I've really been struggling with lately. Mm-hmm. You know, because my commitment to, like, with my belly not being able to eat a lot of fat in the past, to, like, loving to eat meat, like... Mm. If you're dedicated to something, go with it. Like, just <laughs> go with your gut, no pun intended. <laughs> if you got switched into someone else's body, how would people know that it's you? That's a great question. Probably because of the way I say breakfast. Can you repeat that again? Breakfast. <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> That'll do it. Yeah. Did you panic buy toilet paper during COVID? Well... My dad went to Publix and got the thickest Vanity Fair napkins he could find. <laughs> <laughs> it's springtime. There's plants in the grass. You got to be prepared. Yeah. Got to be prepared. Yeah. If you could only watch or listen to one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? My fiddle instructor, Mr. Mackey. Wow. He's an amazing violin player. Are you really into bluegrass music? Yes. My favorite Spotify playlist is... Picker's Primer. Picker's Primer. That's that's a good one. You heard it here first. Who should they who should the congregation be listening to specifically? As an artist? Yeah. Um, my podcast. Your podcast. <laughs> Where can they get information about the Big Kids podcast? Well, you can go to anchor.fm slash the big kids show, or you can just type it in on Spotify. Okay. So it's available on Anchor FM and on Spotify. Yes, sir. I hope you will check out the Big Kids Show. And this has been the Vox Pop. If you're interested in being a guest on the Vox Pop, how can they get a hold of us, Peter? They can email voxpop at mdcashville.org. That's a V-O-X-P-O-P at mdcashville.org. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, go ahead and do that on whatever platform you're listening to. We will see you again next week for another episode. Thanks for listening. See y'all.